Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Today we are diving into confidence, saying yes and saying no, and all of that deliciousness. So um, I'm excited to have the conversation. But first up, Erin, how are you doing? It looks like you're possibly sitting in a fridge with the amount of layers you're currently wearing. Yes and no. (laughs) Yes, it is absolutely blink and freezing. And no, I'm not in a fridge. I'm in my bed. So (laughs) yeah, it is deep deep in the depths of a beautiful sunny Dunedin winter day it was like ridiculously chilly this morning and it hasn't warmed up but the sun is out so I can't really complain it's very wintry at the moment and I keep seeing photos and getting messages from my family back in the UK about oh it's a heat wave and it's you know 28 degrees and it's this and that I'm like yeah 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 whatever yeah, I've just bought new slippers to keep my feet warm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a few friends over there doing the same thing, and I'm like, burn, fuckers. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. I don't even want to be kind about it anymore. I'm just like, burn, because yeah. I'm very much not a winter person. I love summer. I love warm. I love sun. I'm all about that stuff. And my wife and children love winter, like absolutely love it like have cried because there hasn't been snow yet yeah. so on that respect I'm very much on my own in this household and uh doesn't bode well for our travels I can tell you that I feel yeah, like you we are, may you are with... not going anywhere warm <laughs> yeah right you're, and you're I... going to do the opposite to what people normally do and just follow winters around the world it feels like it it feels like it I'm like are we going to end up having like 11 months a year of summer and having like a month of a UK summer, which isn't even that hot. And uh, yeah, the answer is yes, potentially. Excellent. I quite like winter, but I like it when it's crispy and blue skies and all of that, which we get lots of in Christchurch. So 
Yeah, no, I'm okay with it. I like being able to wear layers and all of the the niceness and having the fire on and stuff like that. But at the same time, I do know what you mean. When it's dark and dreary and I'm bored of it being dark all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm quite excited. We're recording on the 21st of June. So it's winter solstice or summer solstice, depending on where you are. So we're finally at the shortest day and we can start to work our way back up to some longer days, which I am very excited about because I'm missing my morning walks with my good friend Kate. And um, we decided the other day that on the basis we get back um, walk from walking before the sun even rises, we might just um, leave it for a wee bit and uh, start again when it's a touch warmer and a touch brighter. Um, Sounds like you need to toughen up a little. Well, I could, or I could just enjoy staying in bed that little bit longer um, <laughs> and getting up when the fire's been lit and it's all toasty warm. So I'm, I'm going to do that. Thank you very much. But anyway, today we are going to talk about the confidence to say yes or no. And this has come from a number of conversations we've been having around and about anyway, and a brand new freebie that we have created for you to download. So we would love for you to do that. The link is in the show notes. Um check it out. We'd love to know what you think. Does it help? Which one are you? Are you a people pleaser who says yes all the time? Are you a control freak who says no all the time? Or are you like me, a bit of both? So um, we're going to be diving into all of that stuff today. Um, and yeah, let us know your thoughts. Where where do you sit on the spectrum? But first up, I just want to dive into a little bit about what the whole confidence piece is, because I think that's really important. And I was reading a book this morning and the phrase that confidence is the bridge between thoughts and actions just really stuck with me. And I just thought it was a really helpful way to frame what confidence actually is, because we know it as a word and we know it as a concept, but I'm not sure we necessarily know exactly what it means for us and what a lack of confidence means or what overconfidence means, if that makes sense. So I just thought it would be really interesting to dive into that sort of thing. When we don't have confidence, we tend to stay inactive. So it's not even, we haven't even got to the bit of saying yes or no at this stage. We're actually just stuck in a space of not doing anything. And that means that we don't take opportunities. We don't take any sort of control or or have any sort of input really in what's going on around us. We're just very much letting the world take us along. You know, it's like being on one of those lazy rivers and just you've got no input in which direction you go. You just go along. And to some people that might sound really relaxing and really lovely. But for me, it's really about what are you missing out on when you don't do that? Because What people tend to forget is that when we don't make a decision, when we are offered all of these choices and opportunities and and things to say yes or no to, if we don't choose one, we're still making a decision. And that decision is to stay exactly where we are. And I think people forget that a lot of the time. So confidence, what does it mean to you, Erin, and how's it shown up in your life? And does it help you? Do you feel like you have confidence or is it something that you, you still struggle with a little bit? I mean, I'd be lying if I said I thought I was a really confident person. I think the thing for me is that confidence comes easy in the parts of our lives where it doesn't really matter to us all that much, I think. But when we get down to the real nitty gritty of what's important to us, that's often where a lack of confidence will show itself. And for me, confidence tends to send me, you know, as the classic people pleaser, tends to send me into that place of inaction. And so in that respect, what you were just saying was bang on for me. Like when I lack confidence, I tend to sit in a space of overanalysis or um, feeling inadequate and that sort of thing. And I think what I'm looking forward to, to talking to you about today is like how you see, 
I guess that that lack of confidence showing up, like how does that shape the controlling tendencies or the people pleasing tendencies? Because obviously I'm more of a people pleaser than a control fiend, but I do definitely have control tendencies at times. Um, and I think you're almost the mirror image of that in that you're probably more controlling than people pleasing, but there's definitely a capacity for both. And for me, the I guess the confidence to say yes or to say no in either area is actually about choosing love and confidence over fear. And that's such a great point to bring up because what we find is when we're not when we don't have confidence, when we are in that sort of low confidence space, we actually often can't envisage what we want life to look like. So we don't even know what we're striving towards. You know, we're doing everything we can to completely shut down as much as possible. So we don't know what to focus on and we don't know what opportunities to take because we just can't see it. And it also means that we're letting the fear, the fear of failure, the fear of success, all of the fear-based stuff, dictate what we do with our lives and it prevents us from even trying to get the things that we want so it's kind of this rock and hard place we don't know what we want and then there's so much fear stopping us that we're not even going to go after it anyway so I think being able to be really aware of that and understand that if you're struggling to make a decision about anything at the moment if you are struggling to say yes or to say no to anything then Check in with where your confidence levels are at the moment. And is it because you're actually in a space of something that really matters? And actually, it brings up a whole, I mean, the imposter syndrome, the the, um, fear of getting it wrong. What if I'm not good enough? The self-worth. I mean, all of these really helpful um, feelings very much come into play when that confidence is, is lacking a little bit. And it's really important to be able to know that that's where you are, because then you can actually start to put the things in place that you need in order to be able to to start to make some decisions and move yourself forward. And just that little bit on the um, control fiend versus people pleasing and being in the middle. We were talking about it yesterday and I thought the way um, I'm very much an extrovert with introvert tendencies slash introvert with extrovert tendencies. I'm never quite sure which one of those is, is sort of more me, but I'm very much a mixture of the two. And sometimes I think it feels like you kind of have to pick a team. Are you on the control fiend team or are you on the people pleasing team? And I just want to let anyone who's listening who thinks that it's one or the other, it totally isn't. I'm absolutely, I love controlling the world. Um, It is my aim in life, but I'm slowly working on not doing it as much as I can. But there's a whole part of me that needs to please others who who is thinking about how my actions impact others to make sure that I'm not putting anybody out to make sure that I'm still being liked and all of that lovely stuff so they do sit together quite nicely um, to really create a beautiful blend of um, struggling to say yes or no or just knowing what's right for you I think is is part of the challenge how do you tend to know like what's right for you if you've got a decision that's in front of you how do you know which way to go and do you tend to just say yes straight away or do you tend to say no straight away or do you just not have any idea? <laughs> well, I mean, my my immediate thoughts there are if it's a life decision, I ask my wife what I'm supposed to do. And if it's a business decision, I ask you. So probably going to say people pleasing would be the place that I go to there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think I think you're right. Like that confidence is essentially the polar opposite of fear, right? 
if we're um, if we're making a decision from a place of fear, then we go to that wounded space of, um, and I think that's why people pleasing and control fiendishness is kind of um, on the same spectrum. And why there's some fluidity around that is because they're both just wounded behaviors. They're both centered in, um, in making decisions from a place where we feel disempowered and from where a place where we disempower others and we feel triggered. Whereas confidence is a much more empowered space where we're making decisions from a place of knowing what serves us, knowing what serves the people around us and being confident enough to step into that space. And so for me, like when I'm making decisions, that's probably the the part of it that I am learning to navigate better is, is this going to empower me? Like if I make this decision, is that coming from a place of empowerment? And is that coming from a desire to empower the people around me? Or is it coming from a place of I need to have all the power or I have no power here? Right. And I think that's like, that's a spectrum as well. It's not always about being disempowered ourselves. Sometimes it's about taking everybody else's power and maintaining our own. So that's kind of, I guess, where, where I go at the moment um, in my journey around making decisions is, do I feel empowered when I say this is my decision? If not, why not? Whereas, whereas, you know, like it's that whole why, why, why kind of thing um, where we try and get to the root cause of what, what it is. But it's also about paying attention to how it feels in my body. Like I know when I'm in a really empowered, full yes, like confident space, I know how that feels in my body. Um, I don't like how the opposite of that feels like when that fear, that contracted kind of really almost like turning in on yourself kind of feeling, um, that that space of fear and wanting to protect myself and that kind of thing, when I feel that rising up, I know that I'm not going to make a decision that's the right decision. So knowing that about myself allows me to kind of move forward from a place of patience and compassion and just understanding that in that moment, if I was to make a decision, it's probably not going to be the right decision for me. I've got a question for you um, on that. Knowing how good we are at self-sabotaging and how good we are at keeping ourselves small and exactly where we are because we know where the emergency exits are, mm-hmm. how do we tell the difference between that sort of feeling, that negative feeling you were talking about, you know, that contracted state, that not wanting to, you know, not feeling like the decision is the right one. How do we know that's coming from our higher self and that's the right decision to stay no versus a place of fear to keep us where we are? For me personally, the solid no, the higher self no, um, is a body feeling. The fear no is thinking. Right. So it's lots of thoughts, lots of um, I start telling myself stories. I start noticing that what I'm thinking doesn't necessarily align with what I'm feeling. Mm. Right. So I kind of feel quite conflicted. And often that will show itself in really extreme behaviors. Like I'll be really frustrated or really angry. I might be really sad about it. <laughs> like depending on, you know, what else is going on in my life will, will determine what 
the extreme behavior is, but it will often manifest itself in some sort of extreme emotion or extreme behavior that feels wrong, uncomfortable, whatever. So I think, does that answer your question? Like it's very much for me, I know that my higher self doesn't give me thoughts in my head necessarily, but gives me a feeling in my body that I can trust. Whereas my ego or my inner critic always starts in my head. That's so helpful because I think you've just been able to really, hopefully that makes a lot of sense for the people listening, that there is a definite division in terms of that the feelings that you have in your body, and this is why it's so important to learn what your yes and your no is. And I was talking to a friend recently who's got a decision to make. And I said, well, you know, what, what does your intuition say? She's like, well, I think my intuition is on holiday. And, and it's so funny because when we get really caught up in our minds and in our thoughts, we think that it has gone away. Like there's no way that your body would tell you that your intuition has gone. But the thoughts and the stories and all of the things going on in our minds would try and convince us that that's the case because then the mind gets to make the decision rather than the body. So I think you're right, being able to really tune into how you're feeling, um, what is showing up in your body. And, and so we have to remember that fear and excitement are very, very similar feelings. Like they are very, very similar for a lot of people. I know that my feeling when I feel fearful or nervous or oh, should I do this? And my, oh my God, I really want to do this. They are very similar. And I actually have to really take a moment to check in with why Why do I think this is scary? I, recently, I've, I've just joined Toastmasters locally because um, I want to practice my public speaking and all of those things. And the thought of doing it felt really scary. Like there was a lot of fear that came up with it. And then when I actually tested into it, it wasn't fear at all. It was excitement about what it could open up for me and what the opportunities were and, and all of that. So there might be a little bit of fear of success in there, in fact, even. But actually what the real fear was, it wasn't fear. It was excitement. But I, I stopped myself from doing that for a really long time. You know, I looked into it, you know, a good sort of 12 months ago and decided that it was too scary and I didn't want to do it. So it took me a long time to actually push through that feeling. But now that I have, you know, I'm loving it. It's great fun. And we'll see where it takes me. But it's really important to remember that and just check in. So when you are doing something that is really exciting, that feels really fun, just check in how that feels. When you do feel a bit nervous about something, check in how that feels. Like if you can always be just just tuning, you don't have to do anything with the information at the moment. It's just having awareness, just have awareness of how these different sensations feel for you. I mean, you can do it just sitting in a chair thinking about something that really excites you, you'll get the same feeling as you would if you were doing the thing. The brain can't tell the difference between real or imagined. So it's great. We don't have to go anywhere to do this. You know, take a moment to think about when you're really, really nervous about something. Where does that show up? How does that feel? And all of that sort of stuff. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I think the thing with feeling that excitement, I think it's kind of some very similar to your yes and no, but it's about what you focus on while you're saying it. So, you know, like excitement is very much like, yes, yes, like really excited. And I often encourage my children to um, do a do a little dance, like a little excited dance when they're trying to sort of get excited about something because you, your brain immediately assumes that you are excited. And so it starts to give you all the triggers that, yep, I'm excited about this. Um, whereas if we are in that fear, it's like, no, 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 no. And so we can still use our intuitive yes and no's for that. But I think you're right, like really checking in and 
for me, the interesting thing is that when I'm excited about something, my head kicks in later than when I'm afraid of something. So if I feel it in my body, like I can feel it and then my brain will kick in straight away going, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. And so I kind of go down that path of feeling the fear. But if I'm excited about something, often I just bathe in the feeling for a little bit and then my head starts to kick in. So I think that, again, it's being really super conscious. But how does it show up for you? Because I know, like, I know that I'm not necessarily typical. There are people in my life who don't have the same responses. So I'm curious what yours looks like or feels like. Yeah, I I think actually a lot of what you've said is very similar, but it's something that I've had to become a lot more aware of over the last sort of 12, 18 months. I think I've always felt everything. Um, We know that I'm a watery, McWatery um, astrologically. There's emotions all over the place, but actually they haven't always helped me in the past because I haven't known what they've meant or actually taken any real notice of them. Whereas now it's much easier to check in with knowing, is that an intuitive feeling? Is that a real feeling? Or is that my brain trying to convince me of something? Because to be honest, my brain can be a bit of an asshole sometimes and can tell me all sorts of shit things that don't help me in any way, shape or form. Like It loves a good catastrophizing um, scenario. It loves to do all of these things. So I've actually had to be really conscious of the way feelings versus thoughts show up for me because I do have a tendency to go down that space of, oh, you know, this is awful and this could happen and this could happen and what if, what if, what if, and all of a sudden, you know, I've wiped out most of um, the humans on the planet and I'm living in a, you know, sort of radioactive hole somewhere. So um, I, I am quite good at telling myself some big stories that can take me into a pretty dark place. So actually really learning to connect to the feelings and to be able to check in with, you know, is this true? It's like, no. And the other thing that, and I think it was um, one of our guests that we had on, Shawnee Hall, I think it was, who talked about when you're in this place where there's a decision to be made, it's kind of like standing at the fork in the road. And one way takes you down the path of no good um, or okayness or comfort zone or all of the places that you kind of are. And the other fork takes us towards our higher self and to, you know, our highest good. And I think actually being able to take a moment to just stand at that fork in the road and to notice what's going on. We're very quick to make decisions. Like a lot of people, if they're asked to do something, will instantly go with a yes response because we've been told that everybody else has got better ideas than us. We should be doing what everyone else wants all the time. All of the conditioning that we, you know, all have layers and layers on. So it's very easy to just be like, yeah, I know we can do that. And then after you're like, oh, fuck, I really didn't want to do that. Well, that really doesn't work. Or that, And you go into sort of, you know, a little bit of self-loathing that you couldn't actually have said the right answer at the time. So what I really recommend is actually take a moment to stand there and say, actually, you know what? I just need to check my diary. I'm not quite sure what's going on yet. Put a holding statement in place. You know, put something. You don't have to say no straight away. You don't have to say yes straight away. You can actually just say, actually, I'm just going to take a little bit of time to think about if that's right at the moment. And be willing to take the time to check in with what's right for you. Is it a full body yes? Is it a full body no? Is it a, oh, golly, my brain's getting so involved in it all. I'm not quite quite sure what my body's doing. So actually, do I need to get out in nature and do I need to do some breathing? Do I need to jump up and down? Do I need to ground myself? (laughs) But actually giving yourself that time, that holding statement, that holding piece allows you to make a decision from a place of confidence and power because you're actually checking in with what's right for you 
And alongside that, it's remembering that when we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. Just like when we say no to something, we're saying yes to something else. So it's always remember, it's always important to see both sides of it. Because if you constantly say yes to what everybody else wants you to do, what is the no? Like the no very much there is, you know, I'm not important. What I want doesn't necessarily uh, matter. And that feeds a whole load more stories. That allows us to really go into the, I don't matter. I'm not as important. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. You know, I mean, I don't need to tell you how to map those stories out. I'm sure anyone listening is perfectly capable of taking themselves into, you know, those places. And the same with when you say no to something, like what would that say about me if I said no? What if I actually had some help? Well, that would mean that I'm not coping. That would mean like that I'm not good. And again, we create these stories. So by being able to take a moment, take a week, take, you know, two weeks, none of, unless obviously the thing is like tonight, then you probably need to be slightly quicker about the decision. But give yourself a moment to at least think about it, because that's what we need to be doing in order to say the right answer to things, like to have the confidence to say what we really want at any one time, rather than just being like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then uh, bollocks, I really didn't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting that you say, you know, take a moment because I think um, like from a human design perspective, uh, there are some people who need to take that time. Like it's actually part of who they are that they have to go through that process. I'm very much that person. Um, I So I am an emotional authority in human design, which means I have to feel all the feels before I can make a decision. Um, otherwise, I risk making the wrong decision because I haven't tested everything out almost. So learning how to feel good about saying, I just need a minute to think about it, or can I get back to you? And those types of things has allowed me the opportunity to really honor that need to feel all the feels. That being said, I have a friend who is very much a a splenic authority. So um, in human design, her authority for decision-making is her spleen. So it's basically whatever first happens whatever first comes to mind is the right decision and the more she thinks about it the further away she'll get from the truth and so she's very much like on a an instant she'll be like yep or no and that's just how she has to make decisions and so it's really about knowing your own decision making process as well um, and being able to trust that stuff Uh, like don't go into it thinking well I have to take lots of time to think about it. If you know immediately what the right answer is for you, honor it. But making sure that you're doing that from a a really healthy place, um, a place of power. And, you know, that's, I guess, where the wraparound work comes. The work that you do, Ali, with people around um, really honoring their sense of self-worth and and gaining confidence in their own ability to to step up and, and be powerful and all of that good stuff. I think when you've done that work, it gets a lot easier to make those decisions um, quicker if that's how you make good decisions or slower if that's how you make good decisions because you're coming from a place of power. And I think we underestimate how much our own sense of power um, influences that process. Um, because certainly if I if I say yes to something, like, you know, if someone says, can you do this? And I say, yes, um, but actually it would serve them for me to say no. 
like, you know, my, my son, for example, is like, can you get my clothes ready? Yeah, sure. You know, I can do that. Makes it faster. Makes it easier for me. Great. Um, but actually what I'm doing is allowing him to be disempowered and, um, and that's not going to serve him. So, you know, it's taken a while um, to get past my own people-pleasing tendency there. And, you know, there's probably a little bit of control fiend in there as well saying, well, if I get his clothes out, I can make sure that he's got long pants because it's cold and I can make sure that he doesn't wear orange and pink and red all at once because that's how he likes to do things. But actually saying to him, no, no, you need to go and choose that. It allows him to self-regulate in terms of his temperature and how he wants to look and go out into the world and all of that stuff. So I'm empowering him. Mm. And, um, and I think that is the next layer of making the decisions with confidence is being able to say, am I empowered and other people around me empowered in the situation? Yeah. I think that's really interesting what you said about the human design and stuff like that. I mean, you know, my thoughts, I think it's interesting. I think it can help us um, make decisions. I don't think it, I don't think we can use it as excuses. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm all about taking the bits that, that, that serve me in terms of that. And, but what is quite interesting is I used to always make a decision on gut instinct. I would always just go with my first one. Whereas actually, as I've learned to who I am, how I, make decisions how I show up in the world what works for me actually taking that time is really important for me because it allows me to check in with what's right for me rather than just the ego piece like my ego is pretty loud and can and can make decisions quite quickly and I've always been able to do that but actually being able to to tell myself that it's okay to take some time has been really helpful so anyone who is listening who is a yep and make an instant decision challenge yourself to take some time anyone who takes time you know just see what would happen if you listen to your your first instinct it is it's all about testing it what's true for you what works for you but I always believe in just take a pause before you do anything because it allows you to get and breathe just a, just a breath to connect in with your body even if you're of the person who makes the instant gut decision it will be easier to hear it and it will be easier to know it if you've just taken a moment to be still and to breathe. Like breathing is a, it helps keep us alive generally, but it is really, it is incredibly powerful in bringing ourselves back into our body so that we are making that decision from a place of power, because that's what we have to be doing. And then you do have the confidence to say yes or no to things. And um, at the end of the day, that's what we want people to be able to do, to be able to stand in their authority, to stand in their truth, to stand in their authentic self and make decisions that are right for them, not what they think they should be doing or what everybody else wants them to do. So hopefully that's been helpful. This conversation has been helpful. Check out the freebie. There's um, lots of great stuff in it. There's some holding statements about what, you know, how you can give examples um, to just, you know, I'll come back to you in a bit. Um, there's a bit of information so you can work out where you are on the spectrum. And then there's a little bit about how you can really tap into your yes and your no, and then what opportunities that provides. So it's awesome. We love it. We had lots of fun putting it together and hope that, that you enjoy it too. So uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Erin, any last words? No, I think you summed it up perfectly. Oh, yes, I get a gold star for that. I'm totally giving myself yeah. one on my chart. Uh, we do a lot of star charts in uh, this family or sticker charts. So um, it's all about getting the stickers. Um, look after yourself, everybody, as usual. If you like the show, give us a review, give us some stars, share it with your friends, family, anyone you think might benefit, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of She Is Wise. 
If you've enjoyed this content, please don't hesitate to let us know. You can drop a review on your favorite podcast platform, share with all your friends. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. To learn more about Awakening the Wise Woman and what we do in the world, head on over to awakeningthewisewoman.com. We look forward to seeing you next week.